the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. That's cold out there, I'll tell you. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, you know. And I, wherever you are right now, if you're you know, at home, if you're standing in your spare room like Kath and I are, I mean, I, I've got a turtleneck on. I look like the Hamburglar from the McDonald's ads, and Kath is clutching a hot water bottle. I mean, Listen, you do what you have to do. These are hard times. Hot t- <laughs> it's like a Dickens thing going on here, isn't it? The best of times, the worst of times, the hot water bottle times. Kath, good to see you. How are things? Thank you. Happy mm-hmm. to be here, John. I was yes. reminiscing about the olden days when I used to go to work and they had heat. <laughs> <laughs> this thing where I'm standing in my spare room freezing with my hot water bottle. I don't know. Yes. Another coal on the fire, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Kath, uh, start us off, please. Give us now the top four at four. All right. John Mike for Thursday, December 3rd, number one. More than one third of hospitals in southwestern Pennsylvania anticipate staffing shortages in the coming week, a threshold that, if paired with a further surge in hospital admissions, could force a cutback in elective surgeries. According to today's TRIB and data from the Department of Health, only about 14.6% of adult intensive care unit beds across the state are available. And only about 14.5% of medical surgical beds statewide are currently available. In Allegheny County, closer to home, only 11% of adult ICU beds in the county remain available. That's only about 91 beds in total. Number two. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh paying more than $19 million to survivors of sexual abuse by its priests through an out-of-court compensation fund launched in the wake of the 2018 grand jury report. According to the Peter Smith article in today's PG, the funds were awarded to 224 claims totaling $19,237,000, which averages to about $85,000 per claim. 52% who received offers rejected them. Some who rejected settlement offers opted eventually to sue, and their cases are pending. Pittsburgh's was the largest of six Roman Catholic dioceses subject to a 2018 grand jury report into sexual abuse by priests dating back seven decades. The report accused 300 priests of abuse, including more than 90 in Pittsburgh. Number three. AT&T and Warner Brothers, John, will release its entire 2021 slate of theatrical films simultaneously in theaters and on its HBO Max streaming service, the studio said today, taking the most drastic step yet in eliminating the exclusivity theater theater chains have enjoyed for decades. The Wall Street Journal reports that Warner Brothers movies will play on HBO Max during their first month of theatrical release before leaving the service while still staying in theaters. 
This hybrid model will apply to all of Warner Brothers films next year, from smaller scale releases to big budget movies that traditionally require gargantuan box office sales to turn a profit. That includes the science fiction adaptation Dune, a movie version of the musical In the Heights, and a new installment of the Matrix franchise. Warner Brothers will release Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max Christmas Day for a month at the same time the movie goes into theaters. Wow. And number four, yesterday, the Steelers beat the Ravens at Heinz Field in a bizarre pandemic game that kicked off at 3.40 p.m. on a Wednesday. Truly, these are strange times. Anyway, during the second quarter of the broadcast, color commentator and former Cincinnati Bengal, Chris Collinsworth, said in reference to Pittsburgh, quote, Everybody's a fan, in particular the ladies I met. They have really specific questions about the game, and I'm like, wow, you're just blown away by how strong fans are here in this town. Now, in some strange twist of the atmosphere, some took this as an insult, and so Collinsworth had to issue an apology today for saying a nice thing about Pittsburgh fans. Good gravy. Here's what he said, quote, Today on our broadcast, I made reference to a couple of women I met in Pittsburgh who so impressed me with their football knowledge, I wanted to tell their story on the air. I know the way I phrased it insulted many. I'm so sorry. What I intended as a compliment to the fans of Pittsburgh became an insult. I'm sick about insulting any fan, but especially female fans and journalists. I know firsthand how much harder they have to work than any of us in this industry. I was wrong and deeply apologize. Oh, my And goodness. that, your top four at four. I mean... Seriously, look, I'm no big fan of Chris Collingsworth, but by saying that, he was being a good guy. Of he was just lifting people up. Now he's got to apologize. He's sickened by that. Isn't he's that sick- stupid? Listen, I heard him say that live. Well, yeah. It wasn't live because we were doing the show, but I watched my DVR last night. I listened to it and I thought, well, he's just saying a nice thing. Of course. That- I'm Why sickened is it that, by you, that? Can, you, can ins- you can compliment people? And then it's read by thousands as an insult. Or the question is, is it read by just a couple people as an insult? And then it gets magnified in Chris Collinsworth's mind as seeming like it's come from thousands who were upset and he has to issue yeah, a I'm telling you, serious apology. It's like communist China, Stupid. really, a proletarian. I mean, holy Stupid. smokes. You can't say anything about anything anymore without offending someone. In grief. It's so dumb, especially when you're trying to be nice. Yeah. Did you see? Look, uh, I'm a listen. Can I just speak as a woman who's from Pittsburgh? Yeah. Were you who's upset? A fan? I I wasn't remotely upset. Get out of here! Yeah, I okay. work in broadcasting, right? I talk about sports here and there, and the, that's ridiculous. Well, just the regular. I mean, who would those Stupid. look? Think about your friends. He was talking to uh, Dar and Deb, right? <laughs> hey, Dar and Deb, thanks. You know, <laughs> you guys know so much about juju. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's a thing. They were trying on on another uh, show I was listening to today. They were trying to determine the names of the women that he was talking to. <laughs> that's it. Okay, good. Right. That's so my that's my one two of them was one of them was Darlene. Someone nominated Kathy as, oh, okay. uh, as a name that perhaps he could have been yeah. talking to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, every Darlene I know is not Darlene. She's Dar. Is she Dar? Yeah. Hey, Dar. Maybe she maybe she just honey. Yeah. No, honey, if, you take that. No, honey, that's fine. Well, that'll get you in trouble. Don't be calling people honey. You know, then you get because again, that's another compliment that's turned into an insult. Holy smokes! All right, well, listen, uh, the game. I'm glad they played. I'm glad they won. Uh, Was it weird and sloppy and funky and crazy? Yeah, hundred thousand percent. But so what? Right? It's we're living in the midst of a pandemic. You got to expect those things coming our way. The best thing about it was Mike Tomlin's press conference. Was that hilarious? Oh my gosh! Did you laugh so hard? He's a master. I love him. (laughs) 
I love him. What a communicator. He, he tells it like greatest, it is. He's the single greatest orator uh, mm. that has ever been associated with football. I agree. Yeah. I mean, people, should, I'm going to learn Greek. I'm going to learn how to speak French. I'm going to learn how to speak Tomlin. Yeah, because just learn how to speak like Mike Tomlin and you'll be fine. It's his own language. It he really is, is just absolutely so. Anyway. How about Bud going down? I mean, uh, okay. All right. Oh, Bud Dupree. Bad, you guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Such is life. Okay, so the Steelers are 11 and 0. All right. Um, I, yeah, that was, that was a rough game. That was it sure a, was. It was a poorly, poorly played game. Yep. But it, it's good to escape with a win from a poorly played game. Yeah. So they play. So here's now they play Monday night. The Steelers do at five o'clock. Okay. Now let me ask you this: Why is it again that the Steelers have to have the most ridiculous scheduling? Yep. I, I mean, they've already been screwed over by the Tennessee Titans and their whole thing. Then the game in Baltimore has to be rescheduled like eight times. Then when we move on to next week, why can't they get one of the other four teams who are playing two of the late games to reschedule? Why do the Steelers have to be at five? Because they're the Steelers. That's oh, why. It just hacks me off, people. Yeah, Monday at five. <laughs> I feel better having getting, got all that off my chest. Thank you. Yeah, very good. we got a good show for you today. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, uh, can you have a merry heart in the midst of COVID? I mean, certainly all of us have hearts of despair at this point. Bill Glaze is with us talking about that next A merry heart. Please teach us, tell us, train us to give us a merry heart this Christmas season and all seasons. One hundred one point five W O R D. Gather around because it is present time. It's that gift giving time of the year, and we're giving one that will keep on giving all year long. We could be paying your rent or mortgage for all of next year if you're the winner of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You want to come up with an early Christmas present? You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes, brought to you by Trinity jewelers go to wordfm.com slash contest of all the women in the world you chose her she is the one you can't live without how will you tell her i love you forever you tell her with a diamond from trinity jewelers and of all the diamonds in the world none say forever like the center of my universe from forever mark less than one percent of the world's diamonds can carry the forever mark inscription A promise that each diamond is beautiful, rare, and responsibly sourced. A diamond worthy of a woman as rare as she is, and a love as unique as yours. The center of my universe can only be found at an authorized Forevermark jeweler. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Discover Forevermark, the diamond, the promise, at Trinity Jewelers. For when you really want to say, I love you forever. Visit trinityjewelers.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. 
Visit windowsaroundpittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsaroundpittsburgh.com. That's windowsaroundpittsburgh.com. Hi, I'm calling on behalf of the Mice Nest. Mice Nest? Yes, Mice Nest. It's a nest of mice. They finished chewing through your RV wiring, so the fire should start soon. Uh, can we cancel that? Oh, sorry. Once scheduled, they can't really stop because they're mice. A nest of them. RV owners can't schedule when things go wrong on the road. That's why there's Progressive, a leader in RV insurance. Oh, and if you could stay on the line for a quick survey... Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus? Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest risk, but they've got to get it from somebody. So we're asking everyone to be selfless for others so that we can protect those who are most susceptible. Not going to bars, not going to restaurants. It all just means physical separation so that you have a space between you and others For more information on how you can social distance, please go to coronavirus.gov. Throughout the pandemic, uh, like yourself, I've shared a lot of emotions, up and down. I'm all over the place. And one of those emotions that I really don't dwell long into is merriment. To be merry, that's not something that I'm thinking about an awful lot or trying to engage with or... I don't know. It just doesn't seem to fit right now. But our first guest, Bill Glaze, who's with us every month at this time, he's talking to us today about having a merry heart in the midst of all this. Bill Glaze, Pastor Bill Glaze from Bethany Baptist Church. Bill, are you merry today? Well, you know, uh, there's a reason to not be. As you guys talked about, uh, Bud Dupree went down. So Mm. uh, that that, that definitely took a blow Mm. uh, to my merriment. And uh, but yet still. You know, I'm I'm pressing on. So we thank God that uh, that He has given us uh, the ability to rejoice in the midst of uh, difficult circumstances. I can't tell you how many times I've said to myself, to my husband, to my children, Bill, look, people have been through a lot worse than this. Yeah, this could be a lot right. worse. Christians have suffered throughout every <clears throat> generation, so it's got. You know what I mean? Just trying to give right. myself perspective. Does it? Does is that one of the things that can help us? Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think of uh, you know what the scripture says that uh, a merry heart does good like a medicine, and so you know, in in the midst of you know bad news all around us, you know, as far as the numbers going up, you know, even here in Pittsburgh, you know, every time they show when I watch TV and they show a map of you know where things are going up, you know, I kind of dread. I say, oh, man, hopefully Pennsylvania's not on there. But you know, you look and it seems like Pennsylvania pops up on there, so. You know, it's it's all around us. And, you know, James uh, said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And just think about that. That that word, uh, uh, fall, uh, has the idea of being surrounded, that, that, you know, there's all kind of negative things going on all around you. And, and yet and still, James says, count it all joy. And, and I don't think that he's saying, oh, be happy when, you know, you lose a loved one or be happy when you have to go to the hospital. You know, that's that's not what he's saying. But he's saying in the midst of losing a loved one, in the midst of maybe going to the hospital, that, you know, you, you should still have the joy 
the, the joy of the Lord in your heart. And, and again, you know, when you think about the joy that God gives, it's, it's not affected by uh, circumstances. I, I like, you know, there's a saying that we, we use in the uh, black church often, and it goes like this, uh, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, God, God has given us a, a deep-rooted joy that even in the midst of devastating circumstances, you know, we can still have that joy. You know, think about the Apostle Paul, you know, in the book of Philippians. You know, he talked about joy throughout the book. Now, where was Paul at? Paul was in the midst of suffering. Paul was in prison. And Paul was dealing with difficult people. And yet and still, he, he admonished the people around him to rejoice. So, you know, I, I think, you know, to a certain degree, that joy is a choice that we make. And, and you know, I, so sometimes, you know, as, as we look around, you know, sometimes we have to find, you know, the humor in things around us. You know, I, I heard the story about a couple who did everything together. And uh, the lady passed away. You know, they, you know, they were up there in age. And, and so the husband continued on with his life. And he received a substantial, you know, check from, uh, from her death. And uh, she went on to be with the Lord. And she stood at the gates of heaven, and, uh, and, and she asked St. Peter, you know, how, how do I get in? And he said, spell love. And she said, L-O-V-E. And he said, come on in. And so uh, years later, you know, her husband passed away, and St. Peter thought that, hey, it would be nice to have her greet her husband at the, uh, at the gate. So she went, and she just, you know, asked her husband, you know, what's been going on? And he told her that after you died, you know, I'd, I married a younger lady, and you know, we traveled around the world, and we have a good time. And, and I was jet skiing and fell off the jet ski and drowned. And uh, you know, now I'm here, you know, coming into heaven. And he said, how do I get in? And she said, spell Czechoslovakia. So, you know, when you think about it, you know, when, you know, when, when, when you think about life, you know, and, and, and the story of, of life, uh, you know, there, there's just so much around us. And, you know, we can focus on, you know, the negative. And, and again, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a pandemic. And, you know, I mean, you know, we can choose to go around with, uh, you know, a heavy spirit. You know, we can choose to go around, as I heard somebody say, looking like a, a bulldog baptized in lemon juice. Uh, but, you know, God, you know, has given us this joy. And, and so, you know, we can choose to have joy. You know, when you think about Jesus, you know, Jesus lived a life of joy. You know, just think about the events that Jesus was at. You know, he was at a wedding, you know, and I, you know, I don't know. I've gone to a lot of weddings, and, you know, at the weddings that I've gone to, you know, there's been celebration, there's been laughter, there's been joy. And, you know, even the last week of Jesus' life, you know, what was he accused of? He was accused of partying with sinners. And, and so, you know, it, you know, Jesus found a way. To, to, you know, to lighten the mood around him. And so, you know, again, we can't, you know, do anything about the pandemic. You know, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, this year for Thanksgiving, you know, we usually have a house full of people. And, you know, it was it was greatly reduced. And, and, and even though I enjoyed being with my immediate family, you know, there was just something about having all the relatives and friends and the laughter that takes place. So, you know, that, you know, COVID kind of took that from, from many of us. But yet and still, you know, you can mope and complain about not having the big gathering, or you can say, man, you know, we, we, you know, we got each other, you know, let's rejoice, you know, let's, you know, let's enjoy being in the presence of the other, let's enjoy one another's company. 
That's fabulous. Pastor Bill Glaze from Bethany Baptist Church, uh, talking about joy. Bill, I mean, the center of all that is that you're talking about making an active, engaged choice. I mean, the choice is, right? You wake up in the morning and, you know, feelings aren't facts. So I can choose in many ways. I mean, of course, I'm not trying to say people's circumstances are just absolutely horrific in many places, very dire, but you can certainly choose and lean in towards joy. And uh, I really appreciate that's a good word. Right. And, and, you know, that's uh, what God has rooted in our spirit. You know, if if you think about it, uh, the the fact that, uh, you know, Jesus, you know, rose again, you know, from the dead and and that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And so, you know, we we need to find a way to connect with that joy. And, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, you know, as we look around again, there's so many things that that can, you know, encourage our spirit and lighten our mood. And, you know, sometimes I feel that, you know, we just have to laugh at ourselves, you know, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, we find ourselves in embarrassing situations. I, I remember uh, when my kids were growing up that uh, I was feeling kind of, uh, you know, taken advantage of as a dad. I said, you know, I, I, I provide food and, you know, put clothes on the backs and, you know, I give them a ride. And I said, you know, nobody ever says, Dad, you know, I, I appreciate that. You know, and so I was feeling a little neglected. And so my washing machine broke down. And I said, well, I'm going to fix them. I said, I'm not going to get it fixed. And they're going to see how valuable that I am. And so I didn't get the washing machine fixed. And clothes started piling up. And, and eventually all my clothes got dirty. And uh, and I had to go to the laundromat. And <laughs> I remember standing in the laundromat. And it's, and it's like the Lord spoke to me out of the dryer, right? He said, "Boy, you shot you shot you sure taught them a lesson, didn't you?" And so I just had to stand there, and, and you know, I just I just had to laugh at my so so in the midst of you know uh, what was a, a a kind of a heavy situation, feeling neglected, feeling unappreciated, you know, the Lord just allowed me to look at myself, and you know, and I just I just had to laugh in the midst of that. That's good, Bill. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the burning bush, but it was the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bill, uh, talk to us about Bethany. Um, I think, you know, throughout the pandemic, you know, like a lot of churches, you, you haven't gotten together. You got to be missing your church family. Yeah, you, you know, it definitely uh, miss being with, you know, the saints in person. Uh, you know, looking forward to that day. You know, one of, one of the exciting things that we have is that, you know, we're in the middle of a, building a new sanctuary. And so oh. we're, we're actually going to begin on the interior uh, in January, and it's going to take four to six months to complete. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that we're looking at is maybe our first time back, maybe we'll go back in maybe May sometime, and our first time back will be, you know, in our new sanctuary. So, oh, you, know, that's, that's you know, again, in the midst of this pandemic, that's something, that, you know, to give us hope and something to be thankful for. But, yeah, like you said, we're not, you know, we're not meeting in person right now. Wow. Okay, so tell me about the new sanctuary. Is that a plan you already have put together and you've just been waiting for funds or what? Well, you know what? This this has been a ten year journey. We call it Journey to the Promised Land, and you know we've tried to you know trust God to provide the finances. So about two years, we we had we had the money to put up the outside of the building. So so the shell is up, and we mm-hmm. just secured the money, the rest of the money uh, in November, you know, to finish the interior. So you know this has been a, a ten year journey. You know we trusted God. And uh, he's provided the, the resources for us to be able to do this. So, uh, you know, again, you know, we were worshiping in our multi-purpose building because we tore our church down. And then, you know, so we didn't, you know, we were worshiping in the, in the multi-purpose building. And now, you know, we're going to actually be able to get back into a sanctuary again. 
Mm. Praise God. Okay, so there's a silver lining for you in the midst of the pandemic, Bill. Amen. Amen. And we Amen. definitely look forward to it. You know, and, and yet and still, you know, thank God for technology, too, because, you know, God is sustaining us through technology. And you know, we're able to meet, uh, you know, have Zoom Bible studies. You know, we're able mm-hmm. to do our worship services online. So, you know, uh, in the midst of all this, you know, we've still been able to carry on the work of the Lord. Outstanding. Hey, Bill, well, before you leave us, can I ask you about the hot mess of a football game that we all watched yesterday? Mm. Yeah, you know, you know what? This is my theory, right? My theory is... You know, the Steelers are good because they play to the level of the competition. Mm, the Steelers mm-hmm. have played some good teams this year, and they beat them. And then they mm-hmm. play some terrible teams, the Cowboys and, you know, uh, the, 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 the depleted Ravens, and they just play down to the level of the competition. So I think, you know, people talk about Kansas City. I think that when it, if the Steelers play Kansas City, that they want to rise to the occasion. And I just, I just, I just see that they play to the level of their okay. competition. Yeah. Excellent. I'll take that. I'll I mean, eleven it. and zero. How can you complain, right? There you go. There you go. It was That's still good. a hot mess of a game. Let's all be honest about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, the well, pandemic. You know, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. You know, sometimes it was uh, it was brutal to watch. You know, just it was just like dying a slow death. But you know, in the end, <laughs> uh, they were able to pull it out. <laughs> they sure were. Bill Glaze, Bethany oh. Baptist Church, Anchored in Jesus, which is Bill's program, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on Word FM, Anchored in Jesus, 7 o'clock. Hey, Bill, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks to you guys. Have a great one. You as well. Czechoslovakia, C-Z-E-C-H-O-S-L-O-V-A-K-I-A, or L-O-V-E. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. I'm Kelsey Wiggins, a teacher in Gilmore City Bradgate School District in Iowa. 
Thanks to a science, technology, engineering, and math grant sponsored by Bear Fund, we renovated an old locker room into a monarch butterfly incubator, providing students with access to innovative technology that engages and inspires them. I encourage farmers to nominate a school district to apply for a $15,000 Grow Rural Education Grant by visiting americasfarmers.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. Liberty, 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 liberty. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Expect an evening shower in places, otherwise mostly cloudy skies tonight. We'll see a low tonight of 33. Tomorrow, on and off rain and drizzle. Tomorrow, we'll reach a high of 43. We'll start the weekend off Saturday with cloudy skies, a rain or snow shower in spots. Saturday, expect a high of 39. Sunday, low clouds at a high of 35. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. How's this for a Christmas present? No mortgage or rent payments for an entire year. Nice. Yeah, I meant what I said. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. One grand prize winner will have their mortgage or rent covered up to $15,000 for the coming year. It's another perk for being a Word FM fan club member. So register to win or join the fan club at wordfm.com forward slash contests. Very nice. Hey, you know, the um, the economic engine of which supplies the world in manufacturing, of course, for better or worse, is China. And to meet the uh, world appetite for things, whether it's, you know, your laptop, your computer or, you know, shelf paper, 99% of it's made in China nowadays for better or worse. But there's this thing that I did not know about. It's called 996 you know what this is? No. For a lot of people, and I'm saying a lot of people, millions and millions of people in the manufacturing section of this world, Mm -hmm. they work six days a week from nine o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock in the evening. And then they have six hours to themselves. So there's something about this that it's, um, I'm looking at an article, the psychology behind revenge bedtime procrastination. So somebody who's working from nine o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock in the evening, they've got that limited six hours or so until they, you know, those six hours of preciousness. Mm. And, and what they find is that people are so uh, gluttonous, so tight with that precious time Mm -hmm. that they're pushing their bedtime back further and further sure. and further. It's revenge on the time that people say, it, time is stolen away from me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get revenge on that thief and I'm going to push things. Now, because of that, in these 996 areas, people are existing on four hours of sleep a night, oh. five hours of sleep a night. And of course, that creates all sorts of problems, psychological and physical. 
I mean, it's a thing. Of course, wow. there's no cure for it. If you can finally get out of 996, obviously your life is a lot better. But in this BBC article I'm reading, talking about a young woman um, who says, I had no choice. Finally, after five years of 996, she was able to break that cycle, get a little better job, and find herself a little more leisure time. But, you know, we complain about our lack of leisure time here oh, in America. It's nothing like 996. That is so... I got a, I don't, am not living a 996 lifestyle, but I will say I would do that. I, I do that right now. I, I would, I cheat myself on sleep because I'm trying to eke out every bit of free time, whatever, whether it's, whether it's, you know, whether, something that I want to read, something I want to watch, something I want to do, or some a piece of work I need to have done. I, I always try to, you know, kind of, I stay up too late for that reason. Right. So you're taking revenge on your lack of kind time, of. right? I had never looked at it that way until you brought mm -hmm. this up. But yeah, I think you're probably right. Anyway, I mean, the sad thing is, I mean, it's not working. No, of course it's not working, right? Because you wake up bleary-eyed. You know, we talked about our, our sleep patterns yesterday. You know, uh, I'm doing that 1030 thing. And I, I feel good about that. it. You know, uh, you and Mike are burning the candle at uh, both ends. Yeah. We have is. personal issues. I think that's not a surprise to anyone. <laughs> right. 996. So uh, hopefully you can stay away from that. Okay. Uh, have you ever encountered an atheist in your life who really, at all costs, wants to convert you to their way of life? Especially someone, you know, who's in maybe a, a teacher or someone who's a superior leaning in on you an atheist talking about there is no God. We'll talk about that from a former atheist next. Sigard joins us here on The Ride Home, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. That's Word FM. WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new Christmas music. New, new, new music. Behold him, new from Francesca Battistelli. Light of the world from We the Kingdom. like joy from Micah Tyler. Feels like joy to the world. The best new Christmas music. Sponsored this weekend by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Of all the women in the world, you chose her. She is the one you can't live without. How will you tell her, I love you forever? You tell her with a diamond. From Trinity Jewelers. And of all the diamonds in the world... None say forever, like the center of my universe from Forevermark. Less than 1% of the world's diamonds can carry the Forevermark inscription, a promise that each diamond is beautiful, rare, and responsibly sourced. A diamond worthy of a woman as rare as she is, and a love as unique as yours. The center of my universe can only be found at an authorized Forevermark jeweler. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Discover Forevermark, the diamond, the promise, at Trinity Jewelers. For when you really want to say, I love you forever, visit trinityjewelers.com. Hi, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse. How are you? Hey, take a big whiff. Mmm, 
can you smell it? The Rio Hickory Wood burning long and slow in our smokehouse to smoke our old-fashioned hickory smoked hams. Have you ever tried a Springhouse smoked ham? The meat is so tender it falls right off the bone when it comes out of the oven. And the taste, mm-mm, a taste of days gone by. A Springhouse Hickory Smoked Ham makes a great corporate gift in a big Springhouse box with a big red bow on top. Or how about for all those sage folks that remember smoking their own hams as youngsters? Give us a call at 724-228-3339 to order your whole or half Hickory Smoked Ham from the Springhouse. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us at the Springhouse in 84 PA. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. Years ago, I I think about this conversation. You told me years ago that you were taking a a course, a religion course, at a religious studies department at here local university. And and oftentimes it was combative. Oh, no, that was actually my philosophy class at the University of Pittsburgh. It wasn't a religious studies class. It was a philosophy class. The very first day of class, the professor said, raise your hand if you believe in God. So I was, I don't know, I was a sophomore. Maybe I raised my hand. And he said, well, we'll see how many of you still believe in God by the end of the semester. Holy smokes. Okay, there you are. A a kid basically being put on the spot, you know, thinking, oh, no. And all of a sudden I've got to defend my faith with this professor. you got to pay for the privilege. <laughs> Cy Gard is with us. Cy's a regular guest on our show. Cy's a biochemist who has taught at NYU, the University of Pittsburgh, Rutgers. He's the author of The Works of His Hands, A Scientist's Journey from Atheism to Faith. Cy, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's great to be back. Cy, I'm sure that story doesn't really surprise you, right? You've probably heard all sorts of things like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh... What's interesting to me is that it was a philosophy department. If it had been a biology course, it might have been even more. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay, yeah. now wait, Cy. So, and then, are you indicting yourself here? <laughs> no, um, I mean, really, religion doesn't belong. Uh, any discussion of religion doesn't should not belong in any kind of a science course. The the two really don't go together. But. Having said that, I have heard stories much like Kathy's, uh, where uh, a, a professor will start by teaching evolution and saying, "If you believe in God, uh, you know you're you're not going to understand this, or you won't like it, and you know uh, I'll change your mind by the time we're done because you'll now believe in evolution, which is completely nonsense. But it does happen. Uh, those stories are pretty common. Okay, so what about the embrace of science as, I don't know, the only way to gain knowledge? I don't think the average person in America feels that way, but certainly I think that the cultural elites have pushed that on us. How how do you see that? Well, I don't think it's 
I don't know what the cultural lead is, but I, I, there there is a strong atheist movement. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm writing something about that for publication now. The 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 influence of the new atheist movement, which is has been pretty strong in the culture in general, and the difference between the new atheists and the more traditional atheists that I grew up with, for example, uh, for the people that I knew, because I grew up in an atheist household as well. But the difference is that the, the modern version is very aggressive and they have an agenda. They, it's not simply that they just want to be left alone to not believe in God and not go to church. They really want everyone, they want to empty the pews. They want everyone to become like them. And uh, that agenda finds its way into the media and finds its way into classrooms, unfortunately, and, and other places. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a battle being waged, uh, mm-hmm. as there are so many battles these days. Uh, and this, but this one has been going on for at least uh, 10 years, maybe more like 15 years, since uh, Richard Dawkins published The God Delusion and other people as well. And one of their weapons, they think, is the idea that science is true and you have to believe everything that science says, which is nonsensical because science doesn't say anything. It's not a person. <laughs> so, uh, but they, th- this is a weapon that they will use in their anti-religion, anti-Christian, anti-whatever uh, uh, crusade that they, that they are on. And of course, it's complete nonsense. And, and even my father, who was a strong atheist and a chemist, a scientist, told me that science cannot answer all questions. I mean, that's clearly true. Uh, you know, it doesn't tell us about history. It doesn't tell us much about the way people think or the way people behave or, you know, love. I mean, you know, it, 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 there are many examples where science doesn't work. It's not supposed to work. It was never meant to work in those cases. Sure. So, it, it, and, and that idea that science is the only valid epistemology, meaning the only way that you can get any knowledge, that's called scientism. Mm-hmm. And it's a word that atheists hate, but it's it's a real word. And uh, now, it's a philosophy. Now, let me ask that, you, let, no, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Cy, but let me ask no, no, you no, if, if you find people, you know, in my reading about scientism, it seems like uh, more non-scientists advocate it than scientists. Yes, absolutely right. And because non-scientists in many cases, if their main agenda is atheism, they they supposedly flock to science, but they don't really get into it, and they don't know what it's all about, and they don't know how it works. I have never met, and well, I've met a few uh, actual scientists who have, you know, who profess a belief in scientism, but. That's because their real goal is not science. Their real goal is a philosophical issue, which is to convince you to lose your faith and adopt atheism. Uh, but it's rare. It's much. You're right. It's much rarer among actual working scientists than it is among, you know, uh, the general public. We're talking with Cy Gart. He is the author of The Work of His Hands, A Scientist's Journey from Atheism to Faith. So, Cy, it's interesting that your father was an atheist. You know, um, can you talk about that? 
I mean, growing up in, you know, around our house, you know, in our dinner table, you know, sometimes in conversation, of course, we would talk about, you know, God, we would talk about creation. We, right. You know, my dad wasn't a scientist. So at your dinner table, the conversations with your dad was the atheum, atheist conversation. Was that, you know, sort of a particular feature of your life? Well, as I said, the old style of atheism wasn't that militant. Uh, mm. I just I just had absolutely no religious background or understanding or training. I, I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know what God meant. Uh, I, I had none. Uh, my parents were not only both atheists, they were also communists. I mean, the real kind. <laughs> <laughs> really? uh, and uh, so I grew up in a, in, a, in a, and so the atheism was sort of part of that Marxist ideology, which I uh, mm-hmm. absorbed. Uh, and the first part of my book is how I got out of there, which is I actually went into science and <laughs> found out that science is not consistent with atheism, actually. It, it's just the opposite of what we, we hear about. And it's certainly, it's certainly not true that biology or certainly not philosophy or any of these other academic disciplines, you know, you have to be an atheist. Uh, that, that, this is a... This is one of those big lies that we sometimes hear. You know, there's no connection between those two. Sai, I'm sure that there are people listening who haven't heard your story about how you got out of that. And maybe we can set it aside the more time um, next time you're with us to kind of retell that story. But tell us about your parents' response um, when you started thinking differently than them. Was that difficult for you? Not really. Uh, I didn't come to to accept Christ until they had passed, uh, so they weren't aware of that. But I did reject their political views fairly early. Mm, Um, uh, That was not too hard to do because, yeah, the communist ideology just doesn't really, I mean, you know, it's not something that, that I think anyone who thinks much would accept. And I also was very interested in history, and I began learning things that they didn't tell me, like Stalin and you know what mm-hmm. what happened in, in in the Soviet Union and things like that. And so I I rejected all of that fairly early, and I don't think they were that upset uh, about it. Uh, they they just um, you know accepted that that would happen with with kids. You know, kids do tend to drop whatever it is their parents believe in and maybe they'll come back later but i certainly never did <laughs> not to that yeah and yeah and, so, and so my I, journey to faith came much later yeah i'm sorry john go ahead yeah no so then then back to uh, originally you know what the whole conversation is uh, hanging on is the idea that you know there are people in positions of power scientists you know in the classroom who are talking to young students and saying you know but science really is the answer science does have the answers but you know even your own dad said well science doesn't have all the answers exactly and and science does have all the answers when we're talking about things science. that fit into the scientific you know realm which is you know how how does uh, how does the world work uh you know how, how do living organisms reproduce you know all, all the things you learn in science class yes that's that's the answer but that in, if you think about all the knowledge and all the stuff that's out there including every single part of human emotion human human uh thought uh 
that's a tiny fraction of it, right? I mean, you can certainly live a wonderful full life and not know a single thing about science, right? I mean, we, I will admit that, and, and most scientists will admit that. We're focused on very specific areas of how the natural world works. And, of course, the answer to the, the, the point that your professor made, Kathy, especially if it's, if it's a professor of biology or some science, is, well, science may tell us how things work. That's true. But it doesn't tell us why. And mm -hmm. it doesn't tell us, you know, how did it come to be that they work that way? And all that a, all a student needs to do when confronted with that is bring up any name of a European scientist right. from, let's say, the year 1900 back, and you'll find that they were all devout Christians. And I don't just mean that they were Christian in the sense that, you know, they lived in a Christian environment. They were devout Christians. And I, I have a whole video of that on my, on my YouTube channel called Scientist and Christian. The YouTube channel is called Faithful Science, and science is spelled S-Y-E-N-C-E. So if you go to that channel on YouTube, you'll find a video that gives lists of Nobel Prize winners who were devout Christians of all the famous scientific names from history, Louis Pasteur and, and uh, Maxwell, Faraday, all of them were Christians and devout Christians. And, and I include uh, quotes that they made. So, you know, it, it would be impossible for... Uh, science to have nothing to do with Christian faith or be opposed to Christian faith if it turns out that the founders of almost every field of science sure. were devout Christians, which it is, sure. which is true. Sure, right. Also, Sai, only a couple minutes left, but you know, I think back mm -hmm. to what got me through those days when I was 19 years old and didn't really know what I was doing. Right. Um, you know, I had people who were um, intellectually rigorous in my life. They were campus ministers and they were willing to look at every single philosophy assignment I had, every single reading I had and work through it and really try to make sense of it. They, I was never right. surrounded by anybody that said, well, philosophy is stupid anyway. Don't worry about it. I mean, I didn't have anybody right. like that. I had people that were willing to, I don't know, try to learn more about it and try to figure out maybe why my professor had that perspective and how I could honor God and still learn about philosophy. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I think that's an important thing is I think oftentimes the boomerang reaction is as a Christian is to run away and say, well, you know, that, right. you know, that you know, that doesn't have any validity or, you know, that person doesn't know anything about life. And that person did know a lot about life. He just had a different life perspective or worldview than I did. Right, right. Now, that's a great point. And, and the good news is that there are lots of resources for students on campuses. Uh, there are, you know, um, uh, InterVarsity, I can't think of all the name, camp, uh, Campus Crusade. There are a number of organizations as well as, you know, congregations. I mean, there are, there are most college campuses have, as, as you know, have some sort of uh, ministerial function going on. And yeah. I think what you said is a great point. I mean, talk to somebody when you, when, if, if you, if you're a student and you get hammered like that, not necessarily from a professor, maybe even some of your friends or that's Sorry great. to have to cut you off, Cy, but we're tight on time. That's Cy Gart, biochemist, um, a scientist, the works of his hands, a scientist journey from atheism to faith. We'll be right um, back. Yep, I love it. Hey, find Cy on uh, YouTube as well.
When I go to the mall and those nice people at the kiosk in the middle try to sell me their product, I'm the guy just jetting on by. I'm not rude, but my head is down and my brain is not interested. And yet today, I'm the guy trying to grab your attention. December is a busy month, a month easy to just look down and think about Rudolph and ugly sweaters. But at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we've also learned it's a very popular time for people to think refinance or cash out refinance. The new year is next, and it often brings leftover bills or the desire to start the year fresh and finally use some home equity to do that dream special project. If you're curious about what that would look like for you, we think you'll see that we're a team committed to Word FM, a team that despises even an ounce of pressure, and a team that's set up to move fast and stress-free. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672. This is Greg Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. Our local approach to manufacturing and retail has been at the core of our business model for over 30 years. We're proud to be a part of this community where you aren't just our customer, you are our neighbor. We believe in the power of supporting small businesses and feel it's more important now than ever. So consider shopping local this holiday season to support the restaurants, retailers, service providers, and manufacturers that are at the heart of this community. We wish you a happy and healthy holiday season. When you're shopping for a new mattress, knowledge is power. That's why transparency is at the heart of everything we do at the Original Mattress Factory. All of our mattresses are hand-built and hometown-made. And our factories are open to the public, so you can see exactly how we make each product. While the mattress industry often makes shopping confusing on purpose, the Original Mattress Factory shows you exactly what we're made of. Visit your local OMF location to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. Join Thrivent and Friends for an exclusive Home for the Holidays virtual concert featuring Matthew West and special guest singer-songwriter Josh Wilson. Sing along to your favorite Christmas classics as Thrivent celebrates a year's worth of generosity. This free virtual concert happens 6 p.m. Sunday, December 6th. Treat yourself to the sounds of this joyous season. Pre-register online at Eventbrite. Search Thrivent Home for the Holidays Matthew West. That's Thrivent Home for the Holidays Matthew West at Eventbrite.com. Well, daytime television. What used to be soap operas like The Young and the Restless or game shows like The Price is Right, we hear now is undergoing a transition. Ratings and research firm Nielsen reports that daytime television has become a second prime time for what were once called office professionals and managers. Check this out. In October, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., Monday to Friday, those white-collar couch potatoes, on average, increased viewing by two hours and 10 minutes compared with a year earlier. 
It's even more significant because it's a different audience than the typical daytime TV crowd and one with much higher spending power. So that means the content creators, networks, and marketers are now actively thinking about making adjustments to daytime television to make sure that those with higher incomes see higher ads. So we might be seeing luxury car ads instead of reverse mortgage and catheter ads in the future for the primetime television. Now, how are people having enough time if they're working from home to watch TV during the day? My only guess is that you may be, and this is not us, you're working from your living room or wherever, and you've got the TV on as background noise. Oh, right. Right? I can never do that. Oh, no, no. No way. I cannot do that. I can't turn into, I mean, I never watch Drew Carey in A Price is Right, right? No, uh-uh. So I don't that know. Just seems, I don't feel, even if you do have the TV in, on in the background, I don't know if that's great for you. No, it's not productive, right? I need to work in silence. I don't know. Do, do you? You like to work in silence. I, I like do. to have the yeah. radio on. No, I need to have <laughs> just quiet. Hey, that's our five o'clock hour. Stick around. That's our four o'clock hour. Oh, that's right. Five o'clock hour. <laughs> it goes three, four, five, doesn't it? 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Powerful gusts pushed flames uh, from a wildfire through Southern California canyons today. One of several blazes that has burned near homes and forced residents to flee. That's amid the risk for most of the region that prompted utilities to turn off power to hundreds of of thousands of people. The biggest blaze began late Wednesday at a, as a house fire in Orange County's Silverado Canyon. Gusts there topping 70 miles per hour. Capitol Hill's top leaders have spoken about COVID-19 relief for the first time in months. The conversation between House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell adds to tentative optimism that an aid package might also break free. Stocks finishing mixed. The Dow gained 85 points. The S&P dropped two. This is SRN News. Of all the women in the world, you chose her. She is the one you can't live without. How will you tell her, I love you forever? You tell her with a diamond. From Trinity Jewelers. And of all the diamonds in the world, none say forever. Like the center of my universe from Forevermark. Less than 1% of the world's diamonds can carry the Forevermark inscription, a promise that each diamond is beautiful, rare, and responsibly sourced. A diamond worthy of a woman as rare as she is and a love as unique as yours. The center of my universe can only be found at an authorized Forevermark jeweler. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Discover Forevermark, the diamond, the promise, at Trinity Jewelers. For when you really want to say, I love you forever. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check. 
to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now, but if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Expect an evening shower in places, otherwise mostly cloudy skies tonight. We'll see a low tonight of 33. Tomorrow, on and off rain and drizzle. Tomorrow, we'll reach a high of 43. We'll start the weekend off Saturday with cloudy skies, a rain or snow shower in spots. Saturday, expect a high of 39. Sunday, low clouds at a high of 35. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us from our spare rooms where I'm sitting, lounging, and Kath is on some sort of boogie board contraption, standing with her balance intact. Mm-hmm. And Kath, apparently, because of that, you are by far the healthier of the two of us. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of studies that are talking about how bad sitting is for you. Mm-hmm, yeah. And yeah, I decided I'd try to alter my workspace to be a standing desk, which I did. But then my feet really started to hurt. Yeah. And uh, so then I got this like boogie board type of thing, which I stand on during the show. And how's that? Um, it was a little hard to get used to. Y- you know, it uses a, a surprising amount of core strength. Um, and, uh, you know, my balance is good, but just you're not. I don't know if when you sit all the time, you're just not used to standing for that same amount of time. It just hurts. Yeah. That's all right. I can tell you. This is my third, I think this is my third week. Okay. And by now I feel pretty good with it. Okay. Now, so uh, Kath and I are Zooming. We get to see each other because we're not in studio. Of course, uh, we are going to start to Zoom next week uh, back on our Facebook page. But, you know, early on, I would see Kath, you know, the beginning of these three-week period, she'd be sort of like shifting from side to side. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? What is she uh, doing? Yeah. But now you're really still, you're very still. You're very yeah. still. 
So yeah, you're, you're get, yeah, you're able to, you're able to figure it out a little better after. I mean, it's not like it's hard. I mean, if you're, right. you're, 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 you know, it's not like I'm balancing on like a super difficult one. This is just one that's specifically made for people who use standing desk just to try to, you know, improve your core strength and take a little of the stress off of your feet. Right. Okay. So I'm reading a, an article that's uh, the headline is 11 minutes of exercise a day may help counter the effects of sitting. The sweet spot for physical activity and longevity seem to arrive at about 35 minutes a day of brisk walking or other moderate activities. Hmm. All right. I mean, I think that's, that's hard well to known. do in the winter in Pittsburgh. I'll tell you. Yeah. You ever have um, a treadmill? Nope. Yeah. Do you have, have you had a treadmill? I've got a treadmill. It's, um, we, we, because, because I've got my home office in the spare room, mm-hmm. I folded it up and it's, you know, it's in storage right now. Yeah. Because you can't fit everything I, in your you house. You can't have everything. Right? I mean, I know. Know, it's, not, it's not like 50,000 square feet, you know, you got to right. make your choices. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so we, uh, we got a dog. So a dog forces us to take the dog for a walk every day. I mm-hmm. mean, even this morning, I was outside at nine o'clock this morning. I'm all bundled up. Actually, once you get out there, you know, you kind of drag your feet about getting out the door because you got to put, you know, everything on. But once (laughs) you're out there, it's very enjoyable. And of course, there's that community of people that are also bundled up as well. And you give each other a wave and you go about your business. And I felt better. And I'm sure the dog felt better when we both got home. I I wish I was like one of those people that thought, oh, I'll go. I mean, when it's warm out, I go for a walk every day. Sure. Now, when it's not warm out, I do not go for a walk every day. I well, just get yourself you a dog. Know. I just don't see. I don't want a dog. Yeah, I yeah. love your dog, and I want you to have your dog, and I love your dog, but I don't want one. Well, a dog having a dog comes with a certain amount of guilt, right? Yes, because of you course. think, oh my dog, I need to get my dog because I I need to get out there. But you know, if if enough right. in a dog, I've just been sitting here all day long. You know, I will say that one of the things that kept me from exercising for a long time is the thought that it was going to take so long. Yeah. You know, between, you know, having to exercise for an hour and then having to shower and then get ready, all of a sudden it adds like a, you know, maybe a, a hour and a half to your day. But this 11 minute thing you're talking about, I think really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started this crazy idea only because I was getting sleepy. Maybe I don't know how, how long ago was it? I started doing pushups. Oh, you do pushups. That's true. That yeah, was in the is, summer, right? That was maybe yeah. in June or July I started that. And it was only because at the five o'clock news break, I just felt like I was too sluggish. I just, I don't know. I couldn't quite get a handle on it. Huh. So I decided I'd take the five o'clock news break and start to do push-ups. Now I do push-ups for like a three and a half minutes. It's not like a long thing, but I have to, it really does make me feel better. I'm way more awake yeah. after that. I mean, it is good. I'm sure all those exercise people are right. What are you up to? How many push-ups? Uh, I just did 43, 43. I mean, look, I'm such a slacker. You're standing on some little boogie board standing. You had doing shoulder 40. replacement surgery. Yeah. I don't think you should be doing push-ups. Uh, I wonder if I could do a push-up. I'm, I'm not even trying to do a push-up. No, I talked to my P I'm doing PT. They said, Oh, do push-ups against the wall. Oh, Which, right. You know, it's kind of, yeah. Okay. It's, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Have I done them? No. Well, Come on. You know. There's only so many hours in a day. We're working hard here on the right. Home. The heck. All right. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We've got much more ahead. We're going to talk about uh, new movies. I mean, holy heck, there are so many great movies out right now. Not in the theaters, of course, but streaming. Alyssa Wilkinson, the film critic at Vox, will join us next to talk about those films. 
101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. And it is my prayer that in my life I can learn from Mary that when God asks me to do something that may be hard or certainly that I don't understand, I can allow my soul to rise up in obedience with the words of Mary. Be it unto me according to your word. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Why the Nativity, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm. We'll treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. When you're uh, Zoom calling your friends or texting or whatnot, uh, one of the questions we always talk about, hey, what are you watching? Do you have any good recommendations? What's going on? You know, it's always good to know what your friends are watching, but it's also good to go to the professionals. Alyssa Wilkinson is a regular guest on our show. She's the film critic at Vox.com, and Alyssa's been writing about film and culture since 2006. Alyssa's work have appeared in Rolling Stone, The Washington Post, RogerEbert.com. She's also a member of the New York Film Critics Circle and also has a, a book out that we loved. It's a really weird and funny, How to Survive the Apocalypse, Zombies, Cylons, Faith and Politics at the End of the World. Alyssa, welcome back. It's great to be here. 
Yeah, Alyssa. So uh, in the midst of this weird pandemic, one of the silver linings, of course, is streaming. And thank God for that, because Mm -hmm. it helps, you know, to sort of lessen the despair. You as the film critic, you're always getting, you know, the screeners, the advanced previews of what's in line. And so there's some good things that are out there right now, aren't there? Yeah, there are. It actually seems like December is going to be kind of like reaping the harvest (laughs) for this year where, you know, there were a lot of movies coming out all year, but a lot of people didn't know much about them. So there's a lot of good stuff coming out um, in the in the next few weeks. And uh, and my editor and I currently are kind of tearing our hair out over the fact that there's six great movies coming out on Christmas Day alone. So it is going to be a good month. Wow. Excellent. Yes. Okay, so talk to us then about the films that are streaming now or about to stream through the month of December. Uh, I know every time I turn on Netflix, boom, boom, one of the first things that pops up is Amy Adams and uh, Hillbilly Elegy. Now, I've not seen the film. My wife loved the book, but I I know in reading your review, this was not your cup of tea. (laughs) No. I mean, what's interesting about this um, is that I – you know, I, I kind of saw the movie and, and had read parts of the book, and then I w- went back and reread it and thought, you know, I think the the things that people liked about the book are what's missing from the movie. So the movie's, you know, obviously the book has a lot of um, political and social implications, and it's kind of trying to say big things about, um, you know, rural Americans, um, maybe people on the poorer end of the socioeconomic spectrum, all those kinds of things. And it does that through the author's um, own life and his family. Um, and what was interesting about the movie to me was it felt like, and and I'm not the only critic who felt this way, it felt like a, a movie made by people who really had never experienced those things themselves, who were, you know, making a really good faith effort to try and understand it, but were just sailing all over the place. So there was a lot that felt pretty inauthentic about it to me. Um, you know, as someone who kind of grew up in a rural area and, and didn't have a lot of money myself. Um, and I think that, you know, just sort of is a is a typical thing that often happens when Hollywood tries to take um, a story that maybe isn't about comfortably middle class people and tries to adapt it for the big screen. So it's kind of a shame because I think everyone's intentions were very good. Um, you know, obviously, those are those are good actors. Ron Howard's a good director, all of that kind of thing. But um, I think it just kind of falls on its face. And maybe this wasn't, you know, the right time or place to even be trying to release it. What's interesting to me, you know, in reading your review and other reviewers as well, is that there's sort of this like this class gulf, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you, and you, you know, you alluded to it as well. You know, you lived in, in a rural setting, although you didn't grow up rural poor, but people in mm-hmm. the cities, you know, sort of like the city mouse and the country mouse. And that's kind of how it has sort of drawn the line between people liking or not liking the film. Yeah, a little bit. I, you know, I also think it's true that lots and lots of, Film critics are from um, poor backgrounds or, you know, people in cities often are people who who move there um, because they were looking for, a, you know, a, a better life than what was available at, maybe in their hometown or, or, you know, needed to leave because of a job or whatever. So there's a sense that's like highly attuned. Um, and I think I think the flip side of that is, you know, you have people who are in Hollywood who, you know, are trying to kind of do the right thing and and make a story about people who don't always land on screen. But there have been much better movies um, about, you know, kind of that, that group of people, um, particularly in Appalachia where the, where the movie is set. 
Um, I think of like a movie like Winter's Bone that really captures um, the community because they've spent the time there to really understand, you know, who you're making the movie about rather than feeling maybe like we're we're kind of gawking at people. Right. That's a good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Alyssa Wilkinson. She's a film critic at Vox.com. Alyssa, uh, another film that's out very soon. Uh, last night I was watching on Turner Classic. They re-aired, of course, Citizen Kane. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. uh, co-writers of the film, Herman Mankiewicz, there's a film that's out about him, which also looks fascinating. Yeah, I really love this movie. Um, so it's coming out. It is coming out tomorrow on Netflix. Um, it's been in a few theaters. It's about Herman Mankiewicz, who's the the co-writer of Citizen Kane, um, stars Gary Oldman, um, and it's kind of a story about Hollywood in the 1930s and about all the kinds of things that were going on at the time. So it's about you know kind of making Citizen Kane, but that's sort of secondary to its its bigger thing, which is you know I think it's a story about a man who. Um, sort of thinks that movies are, you know, they're not that important. They're just entertainment. They're diversions. He makes a lot of money writing them. Um, But he comes to realize through some events that actually what goes on there, the way people are depicted on screen or the kinds of stories that they tell, um, or sometimes when um, truth is fudged, um, that it actually can have real world implications. And so it sort of paints Citizen Kane as his response to that realization. Um, And I really like that. I will say, this is very much a movie for like cinephiles and film critics and people who are really interested in Hollywood. But I think if you do a little bit of background reading, then the movie becomes really legible. So I should, I, I personally and lots of other critics have been writing pieces that explain some of the controversies and some of the history that is behind um, this movie, but I would recommend it. And certainly if you're contemplating watching it and you're thinking, should I watch Citizen Kane first? The answer is yes. I mean, everyone should, watch Citizen Kane. It's truly a great movie, but also it's a great movie to watch before you watch Mank. Fabulous. You know, and one of the bonuses for me, you get to see Gary Oldman and, you know, you don't get to see Gary Oldman a whole heck of a lot lately. Yeah, right. I mean, he, you know, he did Darkest Hour. He's won some Oscars, um, but he's definitely very selective about the kinds of movies that he makes. And um, he's great in this movie. He's, He's just a delight to watch playing this kind of you know, wizened um, uh, guy who's been around town for a long time, um, who kind of has a, a crisis of conscience. Alyssa Wilkinson's with us, film critic at Vox.com. She's been writing about film and culture since way back in 06. Her work has appeared all over the place. She has a monthly slot on our show. Alyssa, uh, let's talk about um, after Mank, which premieres tomorrow on Netflix. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, that'll be released a little later on this month. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, uh, here you're on radio here in the city of Pittsburgh, and Argus Wilson is one of Pittsburgh's favorite sons. The cycle, mm-hmm. of course, a lot of people really know that very well. Argus Wilson's 10-play cycle for each decade in the 20th century. Talk to us about Denzel Washington and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, because thank goodness for, uh, for Denzel Washington. I believe he's a savior in many ways. He's bringing August Wilson to a very wide, you know, public perception that people probably would not get a chance to see unless you were someone who went to see live theater. Right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, a couple of years ago, um, he, you know, he had um, Fences come out um, and that was that was a big Oscar contender, but it was also just kind of an amazing movie. Um, and so, yeah, this next one is uh, is that uh, is at Netflix, which is which is great. I think this means that a lot of people We'll see it originally was going to be at HBO, but they moved over to Netflix. They did actually film it in Pittsburgh or filmed a lot of it in Pittsburgh. And I think 
One of the most um, notable things about this movie is that it stars uh, Chadwick Boseman, among other people. And, you know, Chadwick Boseman was Black Panther. Um, He's played lots of amazing characters. He passed away earlier this year um, after, you know, a battle with with cancer that a lot of people didn't know about. And um, I have not yet seen the movie. I'm I'm about to see it, (laughs) I think, this weekend. But um, I'm really excited for it because what I have heard from a lot of people who have seen it is that it's it's probably one of his best roles. Um, And it's, you know, it's hard to watch a great actor's last role. There's, there's been a few of those this year. Um, but I think that we can, you know, expect that. And of course he's alongside all kinds of other great actors, Viola Davis, Coleman Domingo. There's a, there's quite a, a lineup here. So, um, yeah, I mean, just really bringing August Wilson, who's such an important, important playwright, important artist in the American landscape to, um, to a larger group of people than might normally go to the theater is such a gift. Fabulous. Okay, so that's later on this month. Did you, uh, do you know the release date by uh, by chance? Um, yes, it's the 18th, so it'll be out December 18th. Mm-hmm. Excellent. While Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay, so um, what else is out there? You know, I mean, of course, you know, we are in this Christmas season right now. So for people with families, you know, people are thinking, well, is there anything good? There's always that, you know, conversation. Give me your top three Christmas movies of all time. I mean, are are you someone, you know, who loves Christmas movies? I mean, is the Hallmark Channel at the top of your list? (laughs) (laughs) I am not much for Christmas movies generally, I will say. I don't really know why. Um, But, you know, when I think about the ones that I love, um, when I was a kid and that I still hold very fondly, it would be movies like It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart or yeah. I really loved White Christmas. That was, mm-hmm. you know, such a lovely musical and it has kind of a really lovely message in it um, as well. And then I just pop around to other other movies. I'm I'm I actually this is going to be hilarious, but I, I saw Gremlins for the first time this year and realized that was a Christmas movie. <laughs> and I can't say oh, no. that's a <laughs> it's not necessarily a family movie, although maybe it is, but I, I think I'm amused by how many Christmas movies or how many movies were set at Christmas um, because you could sell them as a Christmas movie um, when I was a kid. Um, you know, I just rewatched Home Alone with my husband, which I probably hadn't seen since I was about eight. And uh, it's so funny and it's so strange and it's so different from what we maybe think of as Christmas movies right now, but my all-time favorite Christmas stuff to watch at this point is like Christmas baking shows. So I, I will throw on you know the Christmas episodes of Nailed It on Netflix or something like that when I'm when I'm looking for something that's a little holiday-ish, um, and oh, it good. it hits the spot and it makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, so um, we we also know superhero films are on the docket for December mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you seen this, or do you know anything about it? So I I haven't seen it. Um, I don't think anyone has yet. But uh, I mean the the most interesting thing, I, it's, you know, it's a sequel to the Wonder Woman movie that came out a couple years ago, obviously, um, and. It's been kind of in limbo because it was supposed to come out earlier this year and theaters have been shut down. And um, But Warner Brothers, which is the studio that produces that, um, announced that they would release it to HBO Max on Christmas Day. Um, and it, it, Warner Brothers owns HBO. So that's that's just a natural output for them. And even just today, a few hours ago, Warner Brothers announced they're going to do this with their entire film slate next year, which means you can see in the heights or 
Dune or any number of films, the the new Matrix film, all of those will actually be on HBO Max for a month, um, starting the same day that they appear in theaters, even if theaters were to reopen, say, uh, in the late spring next year. So this is a really big deal for the industry. Uh, It's a really big deal for movie theaters in particular because it kind of uh, might undercut, obviously, their box office, and they're already in a kind of precarious state. Um, But as far as Wonder Woman goes, people will be able to watch it at home if they have HBO Max um, on their, you know, on their TV, and they will be able to see kind of, you know, that that size of a movie at home. Um, And whether it's good or not, I don't know, but it certainly will be an interesting experiment for them. And interestingly, um, Disney has elected to do basically the same thing with the new Pixar movie, Soul, which also comes out Christmas Day, which I have seen, and it's wonderful. It's lovely. So so people will have a lot of options that day. Oh, fabulous. Where is that streaming? Uh, That will be on Disney Plus. Uh, okay. which is their their proprietary <laughs> streaming service. So we're, we're we're moving into the world where we used to pay for cable and now we just pay for, you know, 10 different streaming services so you can see what you want to see. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking with Alyssa Wilkinson. She's a film critic at Vox.com. Alyssa, I mean, I imagine when you meet people and, you know, the conversation turns to what you do for a living, people think, oh, this must be like the best job in the world. All you do is sit around and watch movies all day long. Right. I mean, it, it, it's got to carry a certain amount of weight. Do you ever get like film fatigue? <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually when I've been watching lots and lots and they're not very good, which thankfully this time of year isn't, isn't usually the case. Um, but I'll say it's, it's way less fun to do it now that we're watching everything at home. Um, you know, it, it's harder to concentrate on the movies and you don't have that kind of audience experience where you can all laugh at a comedy or gasp at a thriller or whatever. It's, you know, it's me on my couch um, doing the best I can. Sometimes it's me and my laptop. Um, and it's just, it's not the ideal experience, but no, um, there's also a lot of really tremendous films coming out. So that does help um, to make it a little better. And this time of year, not only are we working on top 10 lists, but also, you know, voting for different awards um, with the critics guilds that I'm in and things like that. So uh, everything needs to be watched, but it does mean that I'm swimming in great movies right now, which is, which is really nice. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. Not that bad. So then mm-hmm. what about that? Okay, you bring up the awards uh, season. I mean, will there be Academy right. Awards this year? Or what's that going to look like? Yeah, so way back in, I think, May or June, the Oscars were delayed from February to April. <laughs> so the Oscars for this year would have been in February normally. Now they'll be in April. Um, and they were doing that because they thought maybe theaters would reopen you know, later in the year, nobody really knew what was going on. Um, And so they said, you know what, movies will be eligible for those Oscars that open through February. So technically to the Academy, 2020 was 14 months long, which um, I don't think any of us needed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the, um, they have said recently that they will have an in-person ceremony in April um, it's unclear right now who will be in person, but it is kind of possible to do it. And, you know, depending on vaccines and treatments and all that kind of stuff, who knows what things will be like in six months. Um, but they will have a ceremony. We all will be able to watch it as usual. It probably will not, no matter what, it won't look like it has in previous years. 
Um, but for the academy, which is a huge, huge body of people who work in the industry, it's kind of a professional organization. For them, the Oscars and the ad sales, especially around the Oscars, are a really important mm-hmm. part of their budget. So they really need to have that show. And also, it's great to be able to honor the films that came out this year, even if it wasn't the films that people were expecting. And there were so many really tremendous films that might have escaped people's notice because they weren't going to theaters um, and they were distracted by other things that, you know, were going on in the world. So hopefully, you know, the Oscars will be able to do the thing they do best, which is tell people, hey, these are the, you know, 15 or 20 movies that you really need to make sure you pay attention to. Um, And I think some of the movies we talked about, Mank and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and movies like that will actually, you know, be the ones that are honored at that ceremony or or we'll see. We'll see what happens. Good. So then at some point soon, I, I imagine that you yourself are working on your top 10 list. Yeah, I should publish it, I think, around the 15th and my my first uh, critics group votes on the 18th. So we're we're full steam ahead. I've seen almost everything. I think I have two movies left that I need to watch that I haven't seen um, that are coming out this year. Well, great. <laughs> we'll look forward to your list. That's, That's Alyssa Wilkinson, film critic at Vox.com. Alyssa, thanks for being here. Yeah, Alyssa, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. Our pleasure. Okay, top 10, lots of streaming to look forward to. I mean, the pandemic's a drag, but, you know, at least there's something good to watch. Take a break. Be right back. Does this make sense? That's next. Election fraud, radical abortion rights, open borders, riots in our streets, and regime changes in other nations. Meet George Soros, an atheist and one of the most dangerously influential people in America, pouring millions of dollars into the leftist agenda, instigating society's demoralization to control a free people and destroy the foundations of Christianity and our constitutional order. Watch the new film, Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com. See the movie that George Soros and the far left don't want you to see. Learn the truth and prepare to be shocked. Billionaire Radical, George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com for just $9.99 or buy the DVD for just $12.99. Go to SalemNow.com and get 20% off with the promo code FAMILY. SalemNow.com, promo code FAMILY. Join Trident and Friends for an exclusive Home for the Holidays virtual concert featuring Matthew West and special guest singer-songwriter Josh Wilson. Sing along to your favorite Christmas classics as Thrivent celebrates a year's worth of generosity. This free virtual concert happens 6 p.m. Sunday, December 6th. Treat yourself to the sounds of this joyous season. Pre-register online at Eventbrite. Search Thrivent Home for the Holidays Matthew West. That's Thrivent Home for the Holidays Matthew West at Eventbrite.com. I consider not only my team members, but my patients, my family, and I miss them for quite a few months. Stock Family Dentistry would like to say... Welcome back. One of the biggest blessings I have received is to be able to use my talents and my passion to serve my community through our dental office. And I'm proud to say that we're doing it in a very safe way. We're finally back up to full speed. It's nice to be back with family. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. 
Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Expect an evening shower in places, otherwise mostly cloudy skies tonight. We'll see a low tonight of 33. Tomorrow, on and off rain and drizzle. Tomorrow, we'll reach a high of 43. We'll start the weekend off Saturday with cloudy skies, a rain or snow shower in spots. Saturday, expect a high of 39. Sunday, low clouds at a high of 35. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Well, I hesitate to even say it because it's going to make me grossly unpopular. Mm-mm. Uh-oh, bring it on. Christmas lights on your house. Oh, yeah. Are you asking me, to, do Christmas lights make sense? Yeah, I'm asking you. A thousand percent, especially this year more than ever. Listen, when we were little kids, my parents would get all seven of us kids in the station wagon. We would drive around the neighborhoods and look at everybody's Christmas lights and go, oh, oh, oh. just this past week, bad shoulder and all, I'm standing on my front porch balancing, hanging Christmas lights. So yes, I love Christmas lights. They make perfect sense. You beg to differ think they do what you don't like christmas lights you don't think it's they make not sense that i don't like them oh, it's gee. just that i don't i i mean it's a little <sighs> you don't have any christmas lights up no it's a little garish sometimes there's a lot going oh, on i mean of course it can be we've all seen that I right just, i mean maybe just like one spotlight and a wreath is good i don't know if we need to like go whole hog into the thing i, you know. I don't know i'm i'm coming down on the side of Christmas lights in your house don't make sense. Oh, jeez. Okay, Christmas Sorry. lights don't make sense. That, that is an unpopular opinion. Okay, I'm going to also sort of venture into some sort of perilous territory. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, my neighbor out there the other day, uh, Mike, I saw him out in the backyard. He had a grease gun, and he was squirting this bird feeder in his yard, this pole. You go, what's going on? He goes, well, this is my deterrent to keep the squirrels away from my bird feeder. So Mike's all about the birds. And he's got, you know, a five-pound bag of bird seed. He's got these, the bird feeders. They close automatically. But he's in this never-ending quest to keep the squirrels away from the precious seed. And I kind of look at them. I go, listen, I love the birds as much as anybody. But do you really have to feed the birds? I mean, does it make sense to feed the birds? The birds are going to take care of themselves, I think. This is why we love nature, right? I'm on your side. Listen, what? I have so many birds around my house. They're singing beautifully, and I love that. And I don't want to invade their ecosystem. I don't want to insert myself into what they're already doing. I agree. I mean, I love birds myself, but I don't necessarily have to feed them. So feeding birds don't make sense. 
does not make sense. And apparently, from Kathy's perspective, Christmas lights don't make sense either. What are, we're like bah humbug today. Does this make sense? W-O-R-D. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for all of next year? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contests. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Friday, December 4th, Memorial Park Church presents a special benefit concert with Michael Card. And special guest, Jeremy Casella. To support the work of Edunations in war-torn Sierra Leone. To ensure everyone's safety, in-person attendance will be very limited. With tickets on sale now at edunations.org. Or watch the concert online free of charge. Michael Card, 7 p.m. December 4th. Sponsored by Tom Henry Chevrolet. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents Doug. Lemu, I love how we're always looking out for each other. Kind of like how Liberty Mutual looks out for you by customizing your home insurance. So you only pay for what you need. Lemu, why didn't you tell me about the uncovered manhole? I was literally just telling you. Lemu, I had no idea you could swim. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Well, this Christmas season includes annual traditions for families. And I think for a lot of families, it would be to take a car ride down to... uh, the city of Pittsburgh and uh, sit inside Heinz Hall and watch the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater perform the Nutcracker. And, you know, if you've ever seen the Nutcracker or any ballet, 
you have to marvel oh. at the strength and the beauty of the ballerinas, especially as they're standing on point. Now, many years ago, um, I was training as an actor and uh, at Point Park, Nicholas and Mary Petroff or Patty Toon or my most beloved Cecil Kitkat. I would take ballet classes with these stalwarts and marvel at the women around me and the power of that standing on those point shoes. And then after class, they would unravel the, the fabric that goes around the thigh or the, uh, the, uh, the ankles and they would take those point shoes off and their feet, their poor feet were like mangled. They were just bloody little messes. And now, you know, in contact with my friends from decades ago, many of them have suffered through that uh, surgery of taking care of those injured feet. So you imagine ballerinas providing that beauty from the nutcracker and then paying the price, those poor things, years later by doing foot surgery. Well, that whole story brings me to one of our regular guests, Amy Julia Becker. Amy's an award-winning writer and speaker on faith, family, disability, and privilege. And she wrote a piece about her daughter, Penny, called Point Shoes and Developing Perseverance. Amy Julia, welcome back. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here, as always. Yeah, always good to hear your voice, Amy Julia. And it's been a long time. It's been many, many years since the three of us met uh, when you became a, a guest on our show and told us about Penny, your daughter mm. with Down syndrome. And uh, we've loved Penny from a distance all this time. And so it was with great joy and interest that we mm. saw that Penny is dancing. So, so tell excited. us about this. Yeah, so she started taking ballet class when she was really little. I mean, probably like three years old or something um, when, you know, this teeny little bodies and these teeny little tutus and it's so cute. And it's always been a really ballet, well, well, dance in general, but she started with ballet has always been a great activity for her because it is an individual activity where you can just practice with repetition and kind of develop at your own pace in contrast to a team sport which has been harder for her both um, because of having Down syndrome, she's much smaller and also just developed more slowly as far as motor skills. And so being able to respond in a soccer game to a ball that's going to come in a different way to her body every single time, that was really challenging. But she still has a really beautiful body that can be strong and can learn and can grow. And so ballet was a great way for her to do that, especially also um, kids with Down syndrome typically have low muscle tone, which means they have high high flexibility, which goes a long way when it comes to dance. So she just kind of trucked along and continued to take dance classes. And I thought when she got to middle school that we'd probably be done with it. Most kids finish dance in middle school. I danced as actually did ballet through eighth grade. Um, but here we are. Penny's now in ninth grade and she is still dancing like five days a week. And um, she just keeps progressing and learning the next thing. And it's, it's really beautiful. And we finally uh, got to this point. She's actually been in a point class for the last couple of years, but her teacher just said she's ready to move from the pre-point class to the, whatever the first point class that they offer is. Um, and so we went recently and bought her new shoes, which as you said, are just so beautiful. So um, yeah, I felt really proud of her. And I also just felt like, I learned a lot from her in the way that she approached the whole experience. Fabulous. Okay, so I would imagine, right, now people taking ballet or in dance classes, that point is so rough on your ankles and your feet, you had to build up some sort of strength, strength in Penny's ankles, didn't you? 
So she, yes, th- thankfully she goes to a really, really responsible studio. And so they do conditioning work for their feet and ankles. They require that they take three hour and a half long ballet classes every week before they can even do a half an hour of point. So they're doing a tremendous amount of work to make sure that their feet and ankles are actually able to handle being on point. And they also, in comparison, at least to when I did point, which, you know, is now like 25 years ago or something, they now have all sorts of gadgets and um, padding and help for your toes so that you're not the bloody mess and hopefully you're not setting yourself up for surgery later on in life. Although it could be that professionals are still doing that. Um, But yeah, in her case, she certainly had to work towards it. Uh, But I also think that she is in the context of a studio that has done a really great job of believing in her because I really thought they might say, it's just not safe. She can't do it. Um, So they believed in her that she can do it, but they've also never uh, pushed or pretended that she was ready before she really was. It was just this sense right. of, yeah, she can keep progressing. And even if that happens more slowly than it does for other kids, we believe that she can still learn and grow and um, do this stuff. Mm. Fabulous. So Amy, Julia, have you seen Penny stand on point? I have, although only in our home. So she has not yet performed on point, which is when I would see it in action. Um, but she has, like, put her shoes on in our home and, you know, d- done just some plies and then some relevés and uh, some of the various other things that she can do. And, again, what has really been striking to me is how when I was a kid, I really wanted to learn things quickly. And if I didn't, I felt like I had failed at them. Mm. And what I saw in Penny is just this willingness to persevere and keep going, to just actively, patiently learn and grow and not feel like it has to all happen on this sped up timeline, which I've lived on my entire life. And so I just, especially right now, I feel like I've been thinking a lot about perseverance. Like how do we as Americans and as Christians, persevere through a long, hard, dark season, um, especially persevere in the biblical sense of that word, like enduring some suffering that leads to character and to hope. Um, I was thinking about that verse in Romans 5 that talks about that. And so seeing Mm -hmm. Penny persevere, which really for her just meant keep going back to it with a good attitude and try again. And incremental, really, really small progress is still growth. It's still movement. Um, And here she is on point and it looks really beautiful. Yeah. And that's something, boy, we can all take a lesson from, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know how many people I've talked to, friends of mine who said, you know, I can't stand to be with my family another day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all going to kill each other. Yeah. Or I've talked to people, I can't stand to be alone one more day. If I can't see my family who live in right. a different state, if I can't do it. I mean, these these times are really challenging for for all of us. I mean, mostly I would say for people who are in, you know, frontline workers, people who work in the health professions, I can't imagine how frustrated, how much perseverance you have to have to yeah. think, oh my gosh, I'm going to go out and go back and do this again tomorrow. And I think so much of my life has been uh, given to me in a relatively easy and quick way, both because I'm an American and also because I have an able body and I have been, you know, there's been so much that's been given to me. And so this is a time of developing perseverance, which is not, I mean, again, that all comes under the rubric of suffering. Like to, we need to acknowledge this is really hard. And you gave great mm-hmm. examples of people who are in certainly much uh, greater hardship than I am. 
but all of us, I think, are experiencing some level of suffering right now. And there's kind of a question of what would it look like to persevere in such a way that we were developing character and that that was leading towards a greater and deeper hope. That's that's what I would like to have. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what I'm actually cultivating every single day, but but that is my desire. And um, and watching Penny just continue to go back to things, even when it seems like nothing is changing or nothing is um, progressing, was really hopeful for me in thinking, okay, I don't have to do this quickly. I don't mm-hmm. have to compare myself to others. It doesn't have to be some huge goal or accomplishment, but I do need to get back out there and just continue um, to, you know, in whatever form it is, love my kids. I need to continue to um, love my husband. I need to continue to do my work, to meet with God, you know, all of these things and trust that there will be um, something good and beautiful that comes out of that. That is really good. Amy Julia Becker, uh, Amy, before you leave us, uh, talk to us about your podcast, because uh, we know in addition to your latest book, White Picket Fences, Turning Towards Love in a World Divided by Privilege, that you also do a podcast. Yeah, so I have a podcast called Love is Stronger Than Fear, and in the most recent season, we were talking about uh, how to have hope and healing in a time of social division. So lots of conversations about race and class and disability, but also about um, what does it mean to participate in God's healing work among the social divisions in our nation. Um, so it's a really interesting set of conversations, and I would certainly welcome anyone who wants to um, pop over and listen. You can find it uh, either through Love is Stronger Than Fear or just my name. Uh, we'll pop it up on a podcast, any podcast Thanks. app. Amy Julia Becker. Amy, thanks enough a lot. We're super excited to think about Penny on Point. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool thing. So, yeah. oh, thank you. That, it's great to talk yeah. with you both. Thank you as well. That perseverance, uh, Isn't that Amy great? Julia Becker. Yeah. Oh my gosh. From awesome. first position to um, susu tendu relevé. Of all the women in the world, you chose her. She is the one you can't live without. How will you tell her, I love you forever? You tell her with a diamond. From Trinity Jewelers. And of all the diamonds in the world, none say forever, like the center of my universe from Forevermark. Less than 1% of the world's diamonds can carry the Forevermark inscription, a promise that each diamond is beautiful, rare, and responsibly sourced. A diamond worthy of a woman as rare as she is, and a love as unique as yours. The center of my universe can only be found at an authorized Forevermark jeweler. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Discover Forevermark, the diamond, the promise, at Trinity Jewelers. For when you really want to say, I love you forever. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Merry Christmas. This is Dean Gartland, president of City Mission. It has been a challenging year. Thank you for supporting City Mission through these uncertain times. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your generosity has helped us to be a light in the darkness for so many in need. The need is growing and City Mission will be there, but only with your continued support. Please visit us at citymission.org and let your light shine today. God bless you this Christmas season. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. 
Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes I do the same things over and over until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. I was in Texas about a year and a half ago. And, you know, I, I'd heard about it's It's different hearing about things and experiencing them in a place, right? right. So I'd heard about barbecue and I know that that's important to people who live in Texas, but it's not the same as being in Texas with Texans and going for barbecue. I mean, they are right. really, really invested in this. Right. So I had a great time when I was there. I had some terrific barbecue. I re- I loved it. I really, really loved it. When I came back to Pittsburgh, I realized that we have a whole different restaurant culture here. In a lot of ways, I like the restaurant culture here better than in Houston where I was. Um, but the barbecue thing was, you know, a little lacking anyway. So I've only had good barbecue one time since I've been back, John, and that was at smoke, which is on Butler street in Lawrenceville. Um, but you're telling me today that there's an article about barbecue places in Pittsburgh and that there are a ton of them. Yeah. Apparently this is news to me because to be honest, it's not something that's on my sort of, you know, my radar to go out and have barbecue. Now, growing up in Pittsburgh, I remember what my image of barbecue was, was Isley's chipped ham, some <laughs> relish and some barbecue sauce in a, in a saucepan. You stir uh, it up, you heat it up. You're good to go. You mean ham barbecue? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, yeah that's not how I don't, <laughs> you're not, you're not allowed to bring that up in Texas. Okay, so um, I'm reading from discovertheburg.com, where they have graded barbecue places in and around the city of Pittsburgh, and they they focus on what makes excellent barbecue in Pittsburgh. They set the bar higher. They say factors like super tender meats, delicious sauces, good Mm -hmm. prices. Top of their list is a place called Big Rigs Barbecue. Big Rig Barbecue in Monroeville is one such spot. Opened in 2019, has been quickly growing a diehard following with a few bites. They say we know exactly why that is. The meat here is tender, not just the brisket, not just the pork belly, not just the ribs, all of it. So Big Rig Barbecue in Monroeville. Also, Fourth Street Barbecue in mm-hmm. of all places, a storefront in Charleroi. Really? Right, right next to a place called Four Points Brewing. The meat platter available to brewery, they say, is a thing of beauty. And all the meats are delicious. So uh be happy to try that as well. Four Street Barbecue in Charleroi. Okay. Also, Spork Pit Barbecue. 
the brainchild of the owners of the nearby restaurant Spork, focuses on what you said, Calf, Texas-style barbecue. I mean, they've run the gamut. Um, it's in Garfield, and uh, boy, it sounds great. Meat can be ordered in quarter-pound segments. So a quarter-pound, half-pound, three-quarter, uh, three-quarters, or a full pound serves straight up on a tray with a recommendation to try without any sauce first, and then you add as you go. So look, mm. I'm I'm reading this. Right. I'm salivating at of dinner course time, you are. wanting to have some barbecue. So those are the top three places, top four places to go for barbecue in Pittsburgh. Whether it's um, uh, the place in Monroeville, Big Rig Barbecue, or uh, the place of uh, Four Street Barbecue in Charleroi, or um, Spork Pit Barbecue as well. I'm happy to try all of them. Or try Smoke in Butler Street in Lawrenceville, which I yeah. love. Now, I still live on the north side on Buena Vista Street, and first block in, there used to be a place which I loved called Wilson's. Oh, sure. Wilson's the burnt fire. down. Yeah, I burnt know. down a couple of years ago. But that was just a storefront as well. Right? I mean, as basic as you get. Used to sit out on the stoop and have a piece of white bread and sop up all the barbecue sauce mm. with some of the best ribs you'd ever have. So, Oh, my god! All right. So Pittsburgh's, uh, you know, their food scene, even in the midst of a pandemic, still shines brightly. Get some takeout. Yeah, get some takeout. Hey, thanks for being with us. So the podcast is up and running. The Ride Home with John and Kathy show or wordfm.com. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow. God willing. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.